Welcome to Joiners with Tim and Danny, where each week we investigate the framework of hospitality. So a couple episodes ago, we talked about the miracle fruit. Are you familiar? Yes, I and am you, familiar you, with yeah, it. Right. You, yeah. had, you had done it when you had a Szechuan meal. Yep. I've done it one time. One time, exactly. With Mike Sula. Mm-hmm. Where were you guys? And Ronnie. Ronnie Suburban, and Ronnie. a.k.a. Friend Ronnie of the Kaplan, show. Friend of the show. Did I just say Coplin? Kaplan. Kaplan. Ronnie Kaplan. Yeah, we were down in uh, in Chinatown, and we took Miracle Berries before we had an intense Szechuan meal. Yeah, and was it the actual berry? You know, it's a good question because, you know, we were asked, or I was asked during that pod to recall, and I have no idea how we ingested it. I'm guessing it was. Yeah. I did. So when I did it, I had gotten the berries. But anyway, yeah. a couple of days ago, I was, I was thinking about that. And I went on Amazon and they have like these uh, little tablets you can get, which is like huh. they get the fruit and then they break it down. So anyway, I got those and then I'm like, eh, what am I going to do with this? And then <laughs> a couple nights ago, it was like it was late. It was like 10 o'clock. Yeah. I was like kind of foraging in the kitchen. And I was like, oh, maybe I should do one of these uh, miracle berry things. <laughs> and uh, I did not have a good experience. I <laughs> did, you, wait, <laughs> did you know what you were planning to eat before no you took i had it? no plan so i so you, they recommend that you like kind of suck on the tablet for like 15 minutes or whatever like until it dissolves yeah. and the idea is so that you coat the taste buds hmm. so anyway i've got the wikipedia page up here it says that uh the effect is due to miraculin oh is that where the miracle berry name comes from i guess it sounds is that a real thing <laughs> that sounds common totally names for this species miraculous. and it's berry include miracle fruit miracle berry miraculous berry sweet berry and in west africa where the species originates agbayun hmm. okay how about that that one's quite different yeah so anyway Wait, i so what yeah what didn't go well so the first thing i did i tried the uh i tried just a slice of lime delicious yeah. amazing i think that's i think that's what it's meant huh. for it's like turning the citrus tangy things into sweet wow and then i was like oh well let's try some sweet stuff and then it just like makes things over the top it's oh kind of it made nauseating. sweet things even sweeter yeah but it, but huh they don't have like it doesn't amplify the sweetness the inherent sweetness of that thing it just gives you like this generic sweet flavor which is kind of sickening oh weird yeah and I then I, did, I remember that i tried a spicy pickle wait hold on yeah if the first thing the lime was incredible why don't you just stick with that <laughs> you're just gonna sit around eating limes <laughs> yeah, i mean if you know the idea you... is to experiment you okay, try a enough. bunch of different yeah. things okay. and see what see what's good and the berries came with like or the tablets came with like a checklist yeah. of like all these suggestions oh, and you I get see. to like check if you like it or if you don't like huh. it all right okay, and then uh yeah so i did try spicy pickle disgusting hmm. um what did the spice like what did it do to spice the spice is like it's still there but it's a little bit muted but then you still get Did like it make that the generic spice sweetness. seem like citrusy or like tart well the pickles are they were grillo's pickles which are like pretty yep. intense to begin with intense vinegar flavor mm -hmm. um but you don't want a sweet pickle like i don't like a bread and butter no pickle. i i think we both agree on that yeah you got to go I dill when you bread, go pickles bread and butter pickles yeah but anyway it gave me an idea i think we should have a little segment where we have like a a range of condiments and mm -hmm. we have a chef or somebody with a pretty distinguished palate try to decipher and see what they are oh yeah well i was thinking that it could be a nice curveball for the upcoming segment we're going to do called the taste test where oh, if yeah. liz wants to really try to stump us she might have to 
give us miracle berries first. Yeah, it would have to, it would have to be for something that's like very easy to yeah. make it more difficult. Like, yeah. or something that we've succeeded with prior. Yeah, if we can still succeed with if. But the I think berries. I think condiments are ideal because there's no texture. So what you are know, you taking? Like a spoonful of mayonnaise. Yeah, I mean, I think mustard would be good. Ketchup, <laughs> mayo, Worcestershire. So gnarly. It kind of does, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's nothing's too good for our listeners. Yeah. Do you do you consider yourself a good taster or like a super taster? Which is a I thing. don't know what a super taste like. Super no, tasters, I, I think, no, just I have know like a higher <laughs> concentration <laughs> yeah. of taste buds, right? Yeah, I think that I have a pretty sensitive palate. I don't know if it is in the super taster, uh, you know, stratosphere, but I don't consider myself a good taster. Last night I made bibimbap and Shannon after the meal I was like, how was that? She's like, well, she's like, next time I wouldn't use butter. And I had put like half a tablespoon hmm. of butter in the rice. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and maybe she, she's really sensitive to like dairy. I, yeah, I don't know. But huh. I, I couldn't taste it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, very interesting. Miracle berries. I haven't thought about them for a decade, I feel. Yeah. I, uh, Are we gonna bring it back? I don't want to bring it back. Honestly, <laughs> afterwards, I was like, I, don't, I think I'm done with this. This uh, ship has sailed. But I'm not above giving it to chefs and, and watching hilarity <laughs> yeah. ensue. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Well, regardless of taste, you know it's always delicious. The cooking of our guest this week. Ooh, yeah. Jupe. Nice transition. Thank you. So yeah, Jupe is Chef Brian Jupiter, uh, who is the executive chef of Pioneer Tavern Group which includes Frontier, Ina May, Jupe Soups, which we just learned about. I'm excited to check that out. Uh, Pony Inn and Lottie's. Yeah. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Chef Jupe. When did, when did you catch the bug for cooking? You know, I... I fell in love with cooking, watching my grandmother cook. And so, you know, from, you know, probably eight years old, 10 years old, um, being in the kitchen with her and just tasting food, you know, cooking with her. Uh, and that's where I started to, you know, love food. And she took me to a cooking class in New Orleans. And it was at the New Orleans School of Cooking. And couldn't tell you exactly how old I was, but I was probably, you know, 12-ish maybe 14. Oh, wow. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you make three dishes, uh, you know, it was just for, for regular folk, you know. And um, we made red beans and rice. Um, we made bread pudding, like a pineapple coconut bread pudding. Mm. And um, it's one other thing, and I always forget what the heck it was. But anyway, we made those three dishes. It's pretty good you can remember two of them. <laughs> yeah, considering you know, how long ago it probably was. Uh, you know, yeah, but, you know, it, that was my first time really, you know, seeing a chef, you know, in his, in his um, you know, full whites. And uh, his name was Chef Elliot Roussel. Hmm. And he was, uh, he was the chef of uh, Brennan's uh, restaurant down there. And he had a really good story because he started as a dishwasher over there and then became the executive chef of one of the most prestigious restaurants, you know, at, at the time it was, you know, uh, world-renowned, you know, um, Britain's down there. And so, uh, you know, that was like, whoa, you know, like he was like a, a, a star in a sense to me. And then, you know, the Food Network era was was uh, coming about. And so you had Emerald, you had Bobby Flay and 
Batali, you know, like the original, um, yeah. you know, uh, Food Network people, you know, and, and that was, um, you know, really putting chefs, you know, on mainstream. And so I got a job when I was 15, 16, might have been 16, down there. Um, a kid I went to high school with was like, hey, you know, I, I hear you be cooking because I would cook for my friends all the time and stuff like that after school. Wow. And, um, just as a kid, like as a teenager? Yeah, as a teenager. Wow. And was there, what was the menu? What were well, you, just you know, it'd be like, well, in New Orleans, you know, we, know, we, put, we put seafood and everything. And yeah. so, you know, shrimp pasta and, you know. Um, That's cool. You know, all kind of stuff. Meatballs, you know, you, you name it. Um, you would have been a cool friend to have. <laughs> you know. Just but, cooking dope. You know, I'm like I testing out all this stuff. I <laughs> yeah, I, could, I didn't learn how to cook those in my 20s. Like cereal, <laughs> <that was> it. <laughs> no, you know, and, and I would, you know, my grandmother would always be the person who I was trying to impress with with it because I loved her food so much, you know, and so when she would like things that I would make, I would know that I was on to something, you know, but uh, my friends, I would just feed them whatever. They would eat whatever because, you know, who else is cooking for them, you know, but I had one friend and he, you know, came to me and he was like, my, my family knows, you know, these folks that own this restaurant and they're looking for cooks, you know, I don't know if you want to get a job or whatever, but, um, you know, uh, you would, would you want to talk to him? And I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, but it was on the West Bank and I lived uptown New Orleans. And so, you know, no car or nothing like that. My mom would have to take me. And so I had to get the approval from my mom, you know, to, to, yep. to, to take this gig. Um, but I took the gig and she would drive me over there, um, you know, after school, basically. Wow. And, uh, you know, she would come pick me up. I would get out. Uh, they would let me out fairly early because they, you know, they they knew I was still in, in high school <laughs> or whatever. But um, but this place was like jumping, hmm. and um, it was called Aurora Steakhouse. Yeah. And uh, I worked on Fry Station, and on Thursdays it was all you can eat catfish, and oh, so I used to get like whipped, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. How many and, uh, fryer oil burns did you get? Oh, uh, you know, it was it was crazy, man, because. You know, it's very intimidating because, you know, it's grown-ups, um, right? And um, it was uh, two guys, um, Ben and Brandon. <clears throat> and Brandon worked grill station. Uh, and Ben was, like, the kitchen manager. And Brandon was, like, this really big black dude, like, bald head. Looked like he played for the Saints on Sundays, <laughs> you know. Um, and he had this, <laughs> this big old uh, grill, you know, in front of him and, he would be just slinging these steaks, man. I'd just be like in awe, you know. But my station was busy too, you know. And so I'm like keeping up with them, and I would keep up with these guys. And so they were just like wild by that, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, especially um, at your age, that's crazy. You know, like, it, but it was fun for me because it was just like it was vulgar. It was just like you know, <laughs> it was just like you know, it, 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 it was no filter, especially in kitchens back then. Like the stuff that would happen back then, you know, it couldn't happen nowadays, yeah. you know. And so. It was like a crash course, hmm. and uh, into into being in kitchens, and so I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, another your, thing: Would your high school friends come to the restaurant and hang out? No, because it was on the West Bank, and yeah, so like it was kind of like we wouldn't we wouldn't really be on that side. Like West Bank yeah. stayed on West Bank, and then everybody you know stayed on the side, really, you know. Um, but uh, you know, it 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 really started to shape me. Um, because I was a worker because my grandmother also owned a flower shop. And so I would see her like work, you know, like every single day. Um, and so the work ethic was there, you know, I'd be with her delivering flowers and all that type of stuff. Um, 
but it really set the path on like, okay, I know what I want to do. And at, at a very young age, and most people, you know, can't really say that, you know. Yeah, um, that's so. pretty special. You got to have that experience as a kid. Um, yeah. Because you got to see, like you were saying, this adult world and just become fully like kind of enamored with it or enchanted by it. What, yeah, absolutely. What a catch, too. He could cook, and he's working in a flower shop. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, hey, <laughs> and to this day, yeah, man, okay. I, I, got a, I got a green thumb to this day. I, I tell people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll whip a, whip, whip a little bouquet for you. you right. know, like. <laughs> so that's sweet. Yeah, so you kind of knew after that that that's what you wanted to do with your life. Yeah, I started looking at culinary schools, um, but I still didn't know, like, how much money they made, right? And so... At the time, everybody was like, okay, Pete trying to be, you know, you were going to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever if you wanted to be successful. My dad was in the computers, um, and so I did have a liking for, for that, um, but I didn't, I didn't like it like I like cooking, mm-hmm. you know. And so my dad was even like, hey, you know, these chefs make some money, man. You know, like, you, you'll be okay, you know. That's cool they supported it. Yeah, yeah you know. And so I um, started looking for culinary schools. I ended up going to Johnson & Wales down in Miami. And, um, oh, one other thing to go back. So my high school actually had really good food. Huh. And, um, How come? It was a, it was a chef there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was, yeah. The chef wow. the chef there, his name was Wade. Huh. And uh, Wade was his brother with uh, Jerry Curl, <laughs> right? And he used to have his little hair in a net or whatever. But Wade, too, Wade to curse you out. You know, like, he didn't care, like... <laughs> And this is a private, like, uh, this is a Catholic school, you yeah. know. It's a, a way to curse you out. He didn't care, you know, but way he could cook. Huh. And I did work study. And so I worked in the kitchen to help pay tuition. And that, too, you know, I was just always around food, right, yeah. you know. And um, and that helped me, too. And Wade even tried to get me to stay there huh. to work at the high school like, under uh, him. And I'm like, wait, like, uh, I don't yeah. want to be smoking cigarettes in the alley. Because I'm smoking, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't want to have a jerk. You know, like, no, I don't, I don't want the jerk girl or <laughs> graduation. Like, day. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, why are you going to culinary school? You just stay here and work with me. You know, like, nah, I think, I think we think a little different on this one. Yeah. Wade, I mean, but, how did the talents of Wade compare to, uh, Ben and Brandon or who, who you were talking about? At the you end? know, it was different. And I think that, I don't know this for sure, but I think that Wade had, had earned his chops, right? I think yeah. that he had, you know, he had been out there and um, in the field in New Orleans, as many men do. Like the the, the kitchen in New Orleans was full of black men. Yeah, you know, um, and it was it was just like even in my family, every every man knows how to make something really good. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it might just be one thing or whatever, but like they know how to nail it. You know, wow. and and so. Um, you know, this, the cooking was just always just, just around, you know, was the gig at the school, like Wade's gig, was it considered a good gig? Um, I think it was an easy gig, right? It was a consistent gig. Um, you know, he could, he could still put out food, um, you know, that tasted good. Uh, and you know, I think he had, he, he enjoyed, um, you know, talking with the, the, the students and, um, you know, he was very protective of students and everything like that as well. He was a good guy. Cool. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going to Johnson and Wales and I was going to go to, to, uh, Culinary Institute of America, but, uh, I wasn't ready for snow. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, you know, like I'd rather go South. Get to those uh, hurricanes. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I can, I can survive the hurricanes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did two years of culinary at Johnson and Wales and then I did 
um, two years of food and beverage management. And so the goal has always been to do my own thing because, you know, I did grow up in a family business, right? Um, and so uh, I knew how to cook before I went to culinary school. I wasn't sure what I was planning on learning. I guess I learned, I was like, oh, they're going to just teach me how to be a chef. Um, you know, but you did get some fundamentals and things like that. But culinary school came to me very easily because I was working in kitchens and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, even the instructors were like, you know, like, all right, so you, you, you got that part. You know, there's the cooking part. And, um, you know, I worked at a multitude of places my whole time I was in culinary school. Uh, and so that helped me as well, just because I was, I, I was still figuring out, you know, what, what kind of food did I want to cook? Yeah. Did any of those experiences in Miami uh, make more of an impression than others? Well, you know, I really took a liking to Asian flavors. And so I worked at a bunch of different, um, you know, Asian restaurants down there, um, uh, including like Nobu. Hmm. Um, and this other place that was really cool, it was called, uh, it's called Suva. And the chef there, he was from New Zealand. And, uh, yeah, it was like some, it was some crazy stuff that he was doing over there. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of Asian stuff. And, uh, for whatever reason, you know, coming from New Orleans and, and eating all this great food from New Orleans, you know, um, all my whole life, I wasn't trying to cook New Orleans food. Right. Yeah. And it, it didn't really make sense now, like when I think back at it, um, because, you know, that's where the roots are, right? And and you're always going to cook better if you're cooking from your roots, right? Um, there's a lot of great chefs that do, you know, crazy concepts, and they're great, you know. Um, but if someone from there came next door and opened up, then I'm going there first, yeah. right? Um, because I know that it's like, that's real culture in there. Um and so I came to Chicago um, to work for a chef that I worked for in Miami. His name is Jason McLean. Uh, Jason McLean is the most talented chef that I have worked for. I don't have a long list of like chefs I worked under like that because I did. Um, well, we'll get to that part. But um, So I came to Chicago. Jason McLean calls me up. I worked with him at the Shore Club Hotel. That was um, Nobu and another place called Serena. Um, and he asked me, Hey, you know, would she be interested in moving to Chicago? And, uh, at the time I was looking to leave Miami. Right. And I was like, okay, where do I go? I'm single. I don't have any kids. Um, maybe West coast, you know, maybe I finally go and deal with some snow, you know, yep. in New York yeah. or somewhere, you know, like, and yeah, I was going to ask if Jason had a way for preventing the snow for you. No, no, not at all. You know, and this is what's funny. So Jason, um, it was a place called Narcisse here and that was on 710 north clark and it was a champagne and caviar saloon people still had money and all that stuff and they were spending it like crazy on champagne and caviar <laughs> <laughs> you know like and so as you do <laughs> right right you know that was before that first like a recession that we had yeah, yeah or whatever you know yeah and um and so the the plan was that they were going to do a narcisse in miami and Jason was going to go back to Miami, run Narcisse Miami. I was going to run Narcisse Chicago. It was strange because Jason and I really didn't get along like that, right? Like, um, you know, he was he was a chef, right? And he would always be on my, my on my butt about stuff. And I was like, dude, just back up, you know? <laughs> like, I, you know, like I got this, I got this, you know. But I, I obviously showed him something for him to call me 
um, to to come up here and take the, take on this this task. And so they flew me up, and I stayed for like four or five days, and just checking out the city um, and the gig. You know, the kitchen was tiny, um, and they were popping out some some good food, like Jason could cook. Um, so I wasn't really sold. But on Tuesday nights at Narcisse, they used to do these like crazy parties, mm-hmm. and it'd be like DJs and all this stuff. Yeah. And so, where was the restaurant? It was a uh, seven ten North Clark. So that's in, in between okay. uh, Clark uh, here on the Superior. Okay. And so it was like they had like a bed downstairs. It was these curtains and these booths oh. and stuff. It was like crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like, like yeah, like, it was like crazy, right? And so Tuesday comes, and this place is packed right and i'm like all right sign me up all right and so <laughs> you know i'm still young i'm like oh yeah i'll be kicking it and so um I, I i take the gig i move up here and jason stays for like two months winter hits right hmm. and then the talks of the miami narcisse start to slow down hmm. and so jason bounces uh, wow yeah and so now I'm I'm kind of stuck because they don't know me, right? And um, I don't want to work under another chef in this tiny ass kitchen, like that I didn't, you know, pick yeah. to work under, right? Did but, Jason communicate any of this to you? No, not really. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah it, it was quick, right? Yeah. It, it was pretty quick. It was like but you still right. say that he's the most talented chef that you ever worked for. Yeah, yeah, he taught me. He taught me a lot right about working in like a fine dining kitchen yeah right and so he gave me i feel like he gave me years of experience in that department without me having to go and like bust my chops in fine dining kitchens yeah which is never fun um you know it's like a million (laughs) egos it's like a million (laughs) egos like everybody looking at you waiting for you to mess up yeah you know Uh, (laughs) but uh so jason bounces and i'm like damn I go to the owners and I'm like, you know, hey, I can take the gig, you know, like I got it. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to hire anybody else. I got it. But they're all, you know, they had like multiple partners and stuff. They're like, oh, well, we don't know. Maybe we'll go this direction. Maybe we'll go this. But I had the general manager there. His name was Nick Larrow. Still cool with him to this day. Hmm. And Nick was like this little hip guy, you know, like he's working the door and stuff, you know. And so Nick's like, hey, he's our guy. You know, like I'm telling you, yeah, he can do it or whatever. Yeah. Nice. And so um, they were like, and, and they were kind of stuck too, you know, like they didn't really have that many options and they didn't know how old I was or nothing. I was, I mean, I just graduated culinary school, so I was whatever, 23 or whatever, yeah. right? And um, they gave me the gig. And so changing the menu and all this stuff, I was way over it and over my head, right? I did not know, like, all the <laughs> well, stuff. But you had the confidence. Oh, yeah, I had the confidence, and I knew how to fake it till I made it, right? <laughs> um, and so I uh, took the gig. I had, you know, three cooks in there, um, one of them who literally just stopped working with me just because he went on a uh, – he, he started uh, a car repair business. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, this was in this was in 03 or wow. whatever. So, so he's yeah. with you for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I have another guy from there um, who is now – he has a cleaning company. He cleans all my places. So wow. sweet. Yeah.
Joiners podcast is brought to you by PartyCan. PartyCan is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. Seems like you uh, could have taught Jason how to deal with personal relationships. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that, that's, that's very important, right? Like... I got a lot of allies, you know, from kitchens. And I think that that was because I worked in some kitchens that wasn't very friendly. And so, like, when you get into those type of, excuse me. It's all good. When you get into those type of situations, you, like, want to, you want to create a different environment if you, if you're in a position to do it. And so, when I would be in these, like, fine dining kitchens and stuff, and you have a million egos, but, you know, not as much talent. You know, a lot of these guys can't even really cook that well. You know, they, they're in there thinking that this is where they're about to be made, you mm-hmm. know. And so, um, you know, I, I had those guys in that kitchen. And I'm like, look, this place is tiny. You know, we're going to pump out some crazy stuff. Yeah. Can you, you know? set the stage a little? Like, so how tiny was it? Um, I mean, that's probably it right here. This is the, the size, size of, of the room? kitchen? Yeah. The kitchen. Oh, the kitchen. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 the kitchen. So, like, kind of like Scofflaw's kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scofflaw's kitchen is small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, probably a little bit smaller than there. Wow. Um, And so, you know, but the place wasn't huge. And at the time, they weren't even doing, you know, that much food. You know, they were, uh, you know, champagne and caviar. Yeah. And that was the other thing is I didn't know it. I, I think I might have tasted caviar once in culinary school. And they're like, what do you know about caviar? And I'm like, I know a ton about caviar. I know everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Everything there is to know. Right. So, like, uh, uh, Brown Trading Company was one of the biggest, and still is, uh, one of the biggest distributors of caviar in the States. And so... Um, we had a rep with them and this guy was like feeding me all this information about caviar and then i made the switch from russian caviar to iranian caviar and this was back when now now a lot of caviars iranian caviar but um you you know it was like crazy like oh man i don't know why i should why you should do this or whatever but this guy was just telling me and i believed him you know and uh and we went with it and the caviar people that knew about it they were like oh man this is the best move ever Hmm. Wow. Was right. it also way more affordable to use Iranian versus Russian caviar? At that Not time? necessarily, but it didn't matter because I think I was getting like 400 ounce for Beluga. Oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, people were like, you know, I had a guy one night literally came and he was like, I want a pound. Like, <laughs> like, I, don't have that. I don't even have that on hand, man. Like, you know, like we would never keep that on stock because people put it in their pocket, you know, like, you know, like, like uh, yeah. Like, I so, what did, so, what'd you give him? So, we gave him everything we had. He had to get a mixture of beluga, et cetera, saruga, like, you know, oh my so, gosh. so, yeah, he, uh, that's that guy's death row meal. You know, and Narcisse also had something really cool they did with, uh, with the champagne. Because they, I mean, this, the the list was massive, and I'm not a I'm not a crazy champagne person, but um, you know, they would tell the wait staff like, "Hey, fill this bottle. We want we want 400. If you get six, cool. 
you know. And yeah. we had this one guy, I'm still cool with him too, Ryan Willen. And so Ryan would bank, like bank, like crazy, because he was a hustler. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I got a 1000 for this one. I got like whatever, whatever. You know, and he would bank every night. Oh, you know? my gosh. He's yeah. a good salesman. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. What's he doing now? Um, what is he doing? Well, you know, we just did a fundraising event with him at um, Frontier. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, he's still in the industry some. Yeah. Um, but just not as much. He got married and things like that, so he kind of slowed it down. Some, but yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what was the clientele like in this place? You know, it was it was a mixture, right? It was like some old creeps that were coming there with some big bucks, <laughs> you know, and then old um, creeps and big bucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, curtains closed and yeah, there, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, with a you know, uh, you know, a young lady who probably wasn't his wife you know um <laughs> you know but uh future ex-wife yeah exactly um and but then you had some of the you know the younger crew uh younger group as well because of the tuesday night thing and the tuesday night thing was pretty much legendary you know so it was a it was a mixture you know but the meals were i mean it was expensive it was an expensive spot mm -hmm. you know yeah. um for sure you know they had like these Versace plates and like gold line plates and crap. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. But like, yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm in there just, you know, trying to make sure no one really knows. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Valentine's Day, though, we, uh, you know, it's a Valentine's Day type of spot, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so um, we were so busy for Valentine's Day and I did like this, like, eight course menu. And, uh, it, I mean, it went to shit. Uh, like, <laughs> like it was, it was bad. Uh, probably my worst night of cooking in my career was that night. But <clears throat> I was in a walk-in cooler because all the desserts were melting. And uh, you know, Nick comes in there and he's like, "Hey, man, look, you know, it's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right, or whatever, you know." And I'm like, I'm thinking like, this is this is I'm probably done. Like, the, <laughs> what, the so cover's what blown. It was just like too ambitious of a menu for the yeah. Night. The menu was too much, and it's not what they did. So they didn't even know how to like serve that, yeah. um, you know, like that way or whatever. And you know, a tiny kitchen, you know, you're trying to drop, you know, so many plates to plate and all. Yeah, I mean, it's it just difficult. it made zero sense at all logistically, <laughs> um, you know. But uh, yeah, I survived to live another day after that. Wow. Uh, so I stayed at Narcisse for like two years. Hmm. And then um, from there, I went to this place called La Bella Lounge. And La Bella Lounge was uh, on 1212 North State. So wait, how'd you, how'd you come to leave Narcisse? Well, I was just looking for something else. Yeah, you were done with it. Yeah, you know, I was just looking for something else. Um, different opportunity, more money, you know, type of deal. Cool. Um, and so... I don't know how somebody that I had met, just an industry cat, you know, had gave me a lead on this um, Bella Lounge spot. Was and, it just opening? Or were... Yeah, it was just opening, um, and it was uh, the owner was this guy named Todd Bordenero, and mm -hmm. Todd Bordenero had a place called Bordeaux on Lincoln, and he he was like a, a bar guy um, from Iowa, but um, this was his first like venture into some some food and. Uh, the place was pretty large. Kitchen was a lot bigger. My staff was, you know, basically quadrupled. Hmm. Um, you know, so it, it it was a different challenge for me. Um, you know, but you know, it was a million TVs and it had a, a late night um, element to it, like pretty much every night. You know, big old DJ booth and all that stuff, multiple bars and a lounge and a 
downstairs basement that had a bar and a lounge and all this stuff. And and so, um, so yeah, that was a different challenge, right? Uh, and I loved it there uh, for a short time. Um, you know, it was like full of celebrities and stuff, Michael Jordan being there all the time. Um, you know, so it was, it was cool to, to, you know, meet those folks and, uh, you know, be in a place that was, you know, pretty, pretty hot, you know, but, um, but then, uh, you know, it just got, I think it got too big for the owners, right? Like it, people was partying a little too much in there, mm. you know, um, and, you know, I had access to everything, you know, like uh, safes and everything, you know. And so I would have people like, yo, yeah, let me get this out the safe or whatever, you know. And It was like, yeah, too many people. It's, 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 it, got, it got too much, right? And, um, and as soon as you have that, then, you know, have egos start to, start to flare up and things like that. And so, you know, I bounced from there. And I probably left there. That was, that was a mistake, when the timing was a mistake, right? Because like I was like hot at the time, right? Um, you know, like even you know, like all that little, all the little chef stuff was starting to starting to hit, uh, and I was still pretty young, and um, I probably should have just wrote it out just a little bit longer to maximize the exposure, yeah. you know, from there. You know, I can say that now, but back then I'm like, man, I go get a job anywhere, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but when I left there, um, it, it took me longer than I expected to get a job. Hmm. And so I was like, damn, I'm like, you know, um, some places that I was applying, um, they felt that I was too young to be the executive chef. Cause I still was only like 25, 26, something like that, you yeah. know? And it was kind of like, ah, you know, like, where have you been? You know, Narcisse, eh, you know, like whatever, you know? And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, but. I ended up taking a gig at Washburn Culinary School. Okay. Uh. Um, total change of pace, right? City Colleges. Um, Bill Reynolds was the, the head of the, the, the school. And so Bill Reynolds was heavy because he was huge in the Culinary School of America for many, many, like 20-something years, 25 years, something like that. And so he left there and went to Washburn. I don't even think Washburn ever realized like how valuable of a person Bill Reynolds was. And so I remember having an interview with Bill Reynolds and he tells me straight up, he's like, look, <laughs> we need an African-American chef, you know, because the position was for, it was a restaurant called a parrot cage. This is when, when, um, when uh, Washburn was still based uh, in a South Shore, South Shore cultural center. And so they had the school was on the top level, and then they had the parrot cage was a restaurant um, on the, the main level. And so that served as phase four for all the students, for them to get, like, a real-life experience in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's important for us to have a, an African-American chef in this position who's obviously talented. He's like, but I feel like it's more impactful for these students um, as they, you know, try to exit and go into, you know, real kitchens. And so... They threw me, like, way more than any restaurant ever paid me, <laughs> you know. Um, and I was like, cool. And uh, he's like, okay, well, you got to take a drug test. And I was like, well, I smoke marijuana. And he's like, well, here, uh, take this test home. He gave me, like, <laughs> no, I swear, <laughs> I swear, I swear. He gives me a, like, take-home test. And he's like, when you get the date, if you have any issues at all, he's like, take this before, and if you have any issues, call me, and I'm going to cancel it. 
All right, and I'm like, damn, this guy's cool as hell. Wow. All right, and so <laughs> I take the test, and I had never taken one of these before. And so I take the test. This is the night before that I'm supposed to go and take the real one. And I'm like, cool. I look at the little thing. I'm like, yeah, shit. Now I know lines on there. I throw it in the trash. I flip it over. THC was on the other side. Oh, oh no! And so, and so, so when it flips over, and I see THC. I'm like, oh shit! And so, uh, I'm emailing Bill. I'm like, yo, like Code yeah, Red, what do I do? you yeah. know, Code Red, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, I don't hear back from him. So I'm just like drinking. One time I'm drinking like water out the gal and filling that <laughs> thing back up or whatever. And to this day, I think I failed a test, but they just like, I don't yeah, care. ignored it. Yeah, the other way. And so I start over there. And it's 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 different, but you know I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the the the, the teaching part of it. Um, but like you're all of my my peers, all the other chefs are like thirty years older than me. Hmm. You know, and they're like, "Who's the young cat?" You know, what did he know? You know, and they're sending like these little emails, like you left sheet trays, you know, on station, whatever, whatever. I'm like, you know, like come on, bro, like, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. You so know? what was the what was your title? Were you just? I was the phase four chef instructor. Okay. So basically, and in, in the executive chef of Paracase. So Paracase would also do some catering events and stuff. Um, and so like we would have to handle that, but you would just have a ton of students that would just help with all those types of events. You had tons of labor. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. crazy, man, like crazy. Um, and then were was your family following this trajectory? Like, did they go to the other restaurants that you had worked at? prior to working at the culinary school yeah you know um yeah absolutely you know i i was able to develop a a really good following in chicago you know at narcisse even um and you know that is that has traveled well with me um you're talking like my family down from the south yeah yeah oh well you know yeah they've come up they've, they've come up um they haven't been well, my grandmother, she's still alive. She's she's ninety. My grandma's ninety three. Wow, nice. All right, and so uh, she's got dementia now, so she's mm-hmm. just a little rough. But um, so she hasn't been up. But my mom has, my dad has, you know, my brother. My brothers come all the time. Uh, my little brother's super talented. He makes a bunch of logos and stuff for me. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, and my little sister, uh, she's in Texas. Um, so yeah, she's been up a few times as well. So yeah, they come up and check it out. Do they have a favorite spot that you've been at? Um, well, everybody loves anime, right? Yeah. Because, you know, even, even family, um, you know, cousins and stuff that I've never met before. They're like, Hey, I'm in Chicago, you know, I want to come over to anime, you know? And so they you know, they want t-shirts down and because anime lived in, uh, a little town called Unitas, Louisiana, like red clay streets. Hmm. You know, it's probably still not, you know, um, but she sat on, you know, all these acres and acres of land. Um, and so, you know, I have so many cousins, you know, down there that I, I haven't met. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, small town. Cool. Sorry to derail. I just was No, curious. no, no, no. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. So how long were you at Washburn? I stayed at Washburn for, for two years. Okay. That was kind of my number. I think that was kind of like my burnout number. Because yeah. the goal has never changed that I want to open my own place. So, like, as I'm going through all these 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 gigs or whatever, I'm still, like, looking and trying to learn and, and figure out how to open my own place. Um, and so I feel like every one of those places for me was just a stepping stone. Right. And um, and you knew you wanted to stay in Chicago at that point. 
I wasn't sure, but I I was gain I, I had you know a lot of footing. Yeah, you had a reputation. You know, like yeah, that, that, I wasn't sure if I wanted to just you know uproot that and 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 try it again somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, at you that got point. The network. You know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Chicago's a great town. You know, like. Even the winners, man. I, I'm not scared of a winner. <laughs> not, yeah, not anymore. Not, not, not now. <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's yeah. always like it's it's like nice when it starts to get cooler. Yeah. And then at some point you're like, yeah, it like goes too far. Yeah, when it the, when does. The leaves it go does. Off the it, trees, it, I panic. It does. <laughs> I, I hate it. It definitely goes too far. <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, so yeah, what was after Washburn? What was the transition? So Washburn after Washburn. Oh yeah, I had a I had a, a another downfall was um this woman that came to me about doing a project with her on nah what was it seventy uh, second and Stony Island hmm. okay and this was a long time ago and I mean that that might make sense now but it didn't make sense then uh, but I wasted a lot of time you know with this on this project and she ended up not really having enough money to pull it off mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, yeah, so I tried to do that. This was post-Washburn. Yep. And during that time, I was, like, selling plates of food, like, out of my house. And so I was selling, like, 100 plates a day. Wow. Uh, like, underground Yeah, style? like, yeah. Damn, what kind and of so, cuisine? Just soul food, man. <laughs> you know, chicken. I go to Jetro in the morning. Yep. Um, you know, grab my stuff. And then I would I would just target construction sites. Um. And, uh, you know, hair salons and things like that. And then you get a pre-order. Uh, just, I mean, shit, if I if, if, if I had what social media is now, you know, yeah. if I had that, I, I yeah. probably wouldn't have opened these restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> so cool. I'd still be selling plates. Yeah. Where were you living when you were doing all this? In Bronzeville. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Bronzeville. Some of the best fed construction workers. and Yeah, you yeah. know, and there was a lot of construction that, back then, too. And so... Um, you, you know, I had a, a few friends that was, you know, in that field. And so, you know, you kind of just piece it together like that 15 here, 10 there, whatever, you know. And th- you were doing this just because you were waiting for the project at Stony Island to, to yeah, kind of take yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. But once you, you know, knew that wasn't, you stopped doing that. Yeah. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Well, I, I had to, I had to get back in, you know, uh, real gigs or whatever. Um, you know, but I took a job at a place called La Palme Rouge and, it was like I just was going. I was going backwards, really, because the place looked like Narcisse, <laughs> and then the owner manager worked at Bella, like uh, so, so like yeah, it was like, like, like yeah, you know. Uh, and so, you know, this kitchen was a. It was in the basement. It's no hood, all induction burners, mm. and Whoa. and a uh, so not code. Yeah, like it was like it was. It was one of the hardest things because what they the way the way it was sold was that you know small plate you know it was like real fancy and nothing was really like hot per se you know but people wasn't really feeling that um, and so you know we started cooking some food you know I had a couple of my guys from Narcisse days that came and they uh, they worked with me there and we cooking food down there you know making chicken and all kind of stuff out of that little electric kitchen. Um, but the wow. place was no already. Ventilation. Oh my god! Like I would, <laughs> I would. Insane. Man, it was, it would, it would be so smoky down there. Like, <laughs> like, like, it would be so smoky down there. And uh, but yeah, but the place was already 
like doomed because you know it was overbuilt um and it wasn't enough seats to like recoup that capital mm -hmm. that investment and so you know it was doomed you know i wrote it out while i could but the whole time i'm still trying to over my own thing right and so I'm like throwing out, you know, my, you know, business plan and all that stuff to to people that I know, and um, it was a, a a woman I worked with at at Bella, um, that uh, she was a bartender there, and uh, her name was Lee. And I'm like Lee, I know you know some people, with some money, you know, like I need you, I need investors, and so she's like, why don't you talk to to Mark uh, over at Lottie's. And uh, she's like, you know, Mark and Lottie's. And I'm like, ah, I might have met him before, but I don't, you know, I don't know like that. But a lot of people from Bella would hang out at Lottie's. And so I've been to Lottie's quite a few times or whatever. Um, and so she had set something up, you know, for Mark and I. And, uh, you know, we met, kind of gave him the layout, layout of what I wanted to do. Um, but at the time, like Mark then versus Mark now was two different people, right? Like Mark was <laughs> like full on like bar mode. And his palate was very basic, um, you know, and he really didn't care. Like, he didn't really, like, enjoy food like that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, so, you know, he was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, how big is the bar? Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know like, <laughs> yeah how many drinks are we going to sell? Yeah, you know. Um, and so uh, he was opening the Pony at the time. Yep. Um, and a buddy of mine, Curtis McGee, was uh the chef gonna be the chef over there and so again i was kind of like in between gigs and what year is this this was when was this 2000 and when they opened the pony eight hmm. remember the blackhawks players were always hanging out at the pony yeah yeah so they used to be there all the time it was when they were good so yeah, yeah, 2008, yeah. 2009 yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was yeah yeah, because they all lived over that way, hmm. you know. I used to smoke joints with Bufflin up, up on the roof. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah, like, the, it, uh, they needed help, right? And so, and I needed a gig, so I started helping them out over at the Pony. And then I started helping them out at Lottie's. Uh, just, like, read at the menu a little bit over there for as much as the, the, the people will allow, you know. Mm -hmm. People, they don't let you change the menu a lot. It's just one yeah. of the craziest things in the world. Like, if you mess with those chicken tenders, it's like war. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's war. You know, they want that frozen, you know, chicken tender. <laughs> like, they don't yeah. want you to bread it. I don't care what it tastes like. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. But, anyway, you know, we change it up as much as you possibly can. Um and in the meantime, I was just, like, looking at spots, you know, the whole time. And so that was, you know, allowing me to pay bills and all that stuff and not be too stressed about, you know, too much uh, while I continued to look at spots. And so uh, the Frontier Space came about. Came about um, but keep in mind, I was, I'm shopping the Aina concept. Yep. All right. Okay. And so um, that spot wasn't Aina. Right, it was too big. Um, it wasn't what I was looking for, so I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, and then they came back and was like, hey, you know, like, throw us a deal, throw us an offer type of deal. Um, you know, and you know, market threw something at them that was attractive, and they ended up taking that. And so it was like, okay, now, like, what is it about to be? Because, you yeah, know, it's not I know, it's not I know, and so, um. 
we would be in New York quite often. And this was like the evolution of Mark too, right now, right? This is happening this whole time. It's like we're eating at all these different places. Mark has a few buddies of him is that are like really like legit food people, you know, like they, yeah. they 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 know what they're talking about. You know, and so we're all like crash coursing him on like real food and restaurants. He gets it very quick he gets it pretty quickly. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. How many New York trips have you taken? Um, shoot, we probably went to New York five times a year. Wow, some fun R and D. Yeah, you know, it was, it was one year we went a lot. You know, um, where were you going? All over, man. Everywhere, like everywhere. Uh, you know, was it like the highlight of your eating days. <laughs> like yeah, just go- <laughs> absolutely, 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 man. That's it, pretty cool. It was, uh, you know, it's crazy because. Um, you know, he doesn't eat that much, you know, um, and I, I eat like, uh, I like to eat very little, you know, like all day, you know, yeah. just like nibbling, 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 you know. And so that's what the trips would end up turning out to. You know, you go to a, a spot, you're picking, you know, the the best four things that you could see on that menu. You know, you take two bites. And then you oh, gotta go, next. you know, oh, like man. yeah, you know, you gotta go, you know, and some stuff you like, damn, that's real good, you know, like, but you, if you want to hit all the spots, that's how you gotta do it. But um, we were at the Breslin, and uh, somebody had ordered a, a suckling pig, and uh, so I look and I see the, the the pig going to this table, whatever, um, you know, little guy, and I'm like, damn, that's damn cool or whatever, like, you should do something like that. You know, and that's the, how and the concept. So, and so, yeah, it started to kind of, you know, started to kind of piece, you know, itself around because, you know, Mark still wanted bar, right? Mm-hmm. And so, even like the early days of Frontier, you know, we would get slammed for all the TVs. You know, we had a ton of TVs now, and then so we ended up pulling some out from behind the bar and stuff like that. Um, but we thought we was opening a bar with, you know, some some elevated food. Um, and it was just like full on restaurant, right? And so we started with the pigs first. I had a smoker that I had bought from this guy, uh, Mac, Big Mac. <laughs> big and Mac so smoker. he had big, big Mac, Big Mac's grills. He was out of Chatham. And so the first time I ever cooked the whole pig was for a catering event. And the people had asked me if I cooked the whole pig before, and I told them, yeah, and I was lying. <laughs> and so, and oh, so, uh, my signature dish. And so, <laughs> and so uh, I'm a, I have a lot of faith in myself that I'm gonna figure yeah, it out. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, my buddy Curtis um, and I, we had to rent a smoker for this event, a spit for the event. And so we find Big Mac. And so we go to Big Mac and we like, okay, we need this this pit. And he it's in his backyard and he's got like. 50 goddamn pits. He like makes them, right? He makes them, he rents them out or whatever. And uh, he charges based on like how seasoned 
these pits are, you know, and there's some of them that he won't even let you get, right? He'd be like, oh, no, 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 those over there, no, you can't get none of them, you know, like, you can get wow. these over here. so it's like a cast iron skillet you want. Pretty much, so it's an old oil drum, it. you know, yeah. it's an oil drum that he's going to cut out, you know, um, and weld it up or whatever. I still have it at, at, at Frontier. Hmm. I fired that thing, I'm not, it, it's still like the, front, the, the Frontier smoker cannot compete flavor-wise with that, that little guy. Wow. Yeah, it, it's not even close. Um, hmm. But uh, you know, like that's but that's the the, the, the difference with uh, production, right? Like yeah, I just I, I, as many pigs and stuff that I do, it's no way in hell I could use that thing. You know, <laughs> but we started with that. How many pigs are you doing a week? Um, pre-pandemic, we was probably doing about 12, 12 pigs overall, about twenty animals. Hmm. You know, a mixture of boars and alligators and all that stuff. Yeah, I remember first seeing that menu. Like you get a whole animal. And oh like yeah. Always, like, you got to do it ahead of time. So, you know, the yeah, crazy thing like is that we together. thought that it'll be one bachelor party a month that's coming in doing a whole pig. Completely wrong. Everybody wanted whole animals and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so this little smoker was smoking out the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, like smoking out the neighborhood, you know. And at the time, Rob Levitt had opened, he was just opening Butcher and Larder. Yeah, right Right there. down the street. Yep. And so he had a smoker like on his damn roof somewhere. He hiding the damn smoker too, right? So we both hiding the smokers. And um, <laughs> and uh, we had to move it because we started getting complaints. Wow. Right? And so we moved it to a undisclosed location. <laughs> and, uh, not far from, uh, from Frontier. Oh, my God. And uh, so... <laughs> The drill would be, you know, I'll go in the morning, load the, the animals on in the back of my truck, and um, take them to the site, have the smoker, light the smoker and all this stuff, you know, set it, and then leave, go run and do all the stuff that I would do, go back over there, check on it. And then when the animal got fired, you know, during service, I would jump in my truck, go down and grab it. We put it in like those insulated bags. We like oh go get God. the body bag. We call them body bags. Like go get the body bag or whatever you know. So like, uh, so we'll go, we'll get it, load it up, bring it back to Frontier, and then play to serve it. Wow. Right? And this went on for like months because we had, we ordered a smoker, but you know it was like, you know, custom built and yeah, um, and we had to build a room. On to house the smoker yeah, to get rid of all the, uh, the the pass all the the sanitation health and health code roof. Yeah, wow. You know because you couldn't have it have any food traveling from inside kitchen like uncovered at all or whatever. So we literally built on a room for the smoker. Uh, and so you know obviously all that took time, but in the meantime we like pumping these animals out. And this thing is like it's no controls on this thing, right? So like <laughs> it's like it's you know if it's hot out or anything like oh that. Oh my god! You know, yeah, you had story. to learn how to adjust. Yeah, for yeah, you know, like we, you know, it's, it was a couple times, man. That pig was black. You know, I get back over and I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> <laughs> like black, bro. Like so, yeah. But I had a sous chef at the time, uh, Mike, and Mike and I were out there. It's like in the middle of this like yard, like field. Yeah. And so we're out there and we had on like chef jackets and shit out there. And um <laughs> we hear sirens. And we like, damn, uh, you know, like, I don't see anything. 
Ooh, the sign's getting closer and closer. Right? <laughs> so, so like, I'm like, damn. I was like, I think, I think they're coming. I think, I think they're coming over. You know, there's just smoking in the middle of this like yard, bro. Like a pile of fire. It's, it's, like, it's, so, it's so like, uh, you know, the, the thing's like, and it's like right there, and I'm like. Take off your chef jacket, you know. And so like we take off our chef jackets, we throw our chef jackets, you know. And the firefighters, you know, they like come walking down the alley or whatever, and and like you know, like what are you guys doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm like we barbecuing. I was like, I got this building over here or whatever, you know. So we cooking up some stuff, and then we are gonna go take it back all over there, or whatever. And it was like, oh, I don't, I, all right, you got y'all, y'all good or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm totally good, man. You know, like, and they just let us go. And I'm like, oh my god, like, man. Like, people have no clue, like, like how crazy it was those oh first gosh. few years at, at Frontier. Wow. And I remember one night was bringing one in, and the guy because we used to do a lot of them at the chef's table there, and um, and the, you know, right at the back door. And so I'm coming in with the body bag, and uh, this guy's like. They don't even smoke them here. And I'm like, <laughs> you know how much I had to go through to get this man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you where we smoke. Right, I can't say it. it's not far. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so but we, we got our smoker room now. That thing goes pretty much 24 hours a day. Wow. Uh, you know, um, and, and it's some pick back up, you know, with the, with the animals. But what we did too was we we adjusted too. We like we we started doing you know these trios and duos, right? And so you could pick like antelope legs, uh, venison, boar, bison. Like it's like it's yeah. whole list. And so people are able to just kind of like do it for four or six like or whatever, you know. Like and so you know that's that's helped you know kind of keep the group um you know dining and going for us over there because that's really what it is at frontier you know what is your favorite to eat you know i like i like the boar a lot um but i've been messing with some elk and um i'm really appreciating the elk how it's so wild like how you got into this just by seeing the like suckling pig hit the table Man, look, people like, think that I'm a like real life hunter. <laughs> like, right? They think like I, I'm like a wildlife guy, right? <laughs> I did this uh, event a few weeks ago in uh, in Mississippi, West Point, Mississippi, mm-hmm. and it was for Mossy Oaks, um, which is like this huge outdoors brand. Um, and it's, I mean, this is like hillbilly heaven down there, like you know. And so, like all these guys are uh you know just real southern real southern boys um but a few of them had some ties in chicago right so they had like they checked my credentials when i got down there it was like who, who, who you know i was like oh yeah yeah i know him and him or whatever he's like and so like <laughs> everything came back positive and so he's like you know he said everybody i text up there they love you so I guess I love you too. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, thank you, thank you. Hey, oh yeah, oh yeah. Look, I I came from the south, so I knew, you know, like look, tread lightly, you know, you know, let them let them get to know you, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, I had a blast, right? But these guys are like, it was a few cats from from Canada as well. These guys are like real life hunters, right? <laughs> this one cat, Craig, he's from Mississippi, from Covington, Mississippi. Never even heard of that. But um, he, the day after, he was going gator hunting, you know, and he's like, 
you should stay extra day. I'm like, no, I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. sir. Uh-uh. 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 But, um, yeah, people think that, right? Like, I get, even, like, TV shows and stuff, they'll, like, call and be like, yeah, would uh, Chef Jupiter be interested in doing, like, this wildlife excursion? I'm like, hell no, man. Like, <laughs> no. Like, no. I don't like bugs, bro. Like, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but... What's the craziest thing about Frontier is that this this concept was was developed off of the way the space looked. You know, it looked lodgy, Mountain West, you know, and that's where it really developed. Huh. Yeah. You know, and then the whole, like, game and all that stuff, that stuff came from just people, like, asking for more. I had never cooked a lot of that stuff before in my life. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, all this game stuff and all that, like, I ain't never cooked none of that. Yeah. What was they get a taste for it? They want to push the envelope. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You can get. Absolutely. But, and then as a chef, too, you know, like, you, you, you constantly search for ways to find your niche, right? Like, yeah. like so, like, what's going to allow me to get in, you know, and then once you're in, then you do whatever the hell you want, mm-hmm. you know, like, but you still got to get in. Yeah. yeah. What, right. What did the trial and error look like for new animals that you'd never cooked before? I mean, a lot of times it sucked um, because you deal with the the how lean it all is. Right. Yeah, like what's the big content. mistake you that know? people make, and how do you overcooking uh, it? You okay. know, not introducing fat to it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, but you know, like I had never used or heard of call fat before. You know, I, I've, tell me. <laughs> yeah, so call fat or, or like lace fat, it's called as well. Uh-huh. You know, and so it's like you 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 can hold it up and you kind of see through it. it like look like all this webbing or whatever. Uh-huh. But you can wrap this on meats, you know, and, and grill it. You know, I could have saved that brisket. My friend got all the fat off a of brisket. Oh yeah, the last interview. Yeah, it ruined it. Yeah. Yeah, that will ruin it. That will ruin it. So it just it yeah. comes in sheets though. You mm-hmm. just kinda, yeah, it comes wow. in sheets. Uh, you know, you kind of well, it comes in like a, a, a ball. You got to kind of separate it or whatever. Uh-huh. Some, but you know, when when we would get it, and then so, you know, I was I was a favorite for companies like you know Broadleaf, Chicago Game and Gourmet, and stuff like that because they're like, yo, I got this. Like, what about this? You know, and so even with them, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, you know, cool. um, you know, let's try that out. Let's try this. Out. Man, Chicago Game and Gourmet called me one day, and he was like, uh, Jim, I still, this is still my guy to this day. Um, he's like, I got some iguanas. I'm like, huh. send them. I'm like, send them. I'm like, send them. <laughs> you Challenge know? accepted. Yeah, and that didn't work out too well. But, uh, you know, we, we've tried some stuff, and it just don't, some stuff don't work. I found a guy in Wisconsin that had a llama farm. <clears throat> the guy, this guy was nuts. Um, all right, so he's like, he, no bullshit. He, he's like, he had like championship show llamas on there that people would go there and spend 20 grand on, like that. Like, I'll mm. buy your llama right now, wow. you know. And so he took us in this room, and the room was probably about this big, right? And it is full of just trophies and ribbons, like the whole thing. It, like, it had been ribbons on a ceiling, like, it was so many ribbons, <laughs> like, like, I swear, you know. Um, but he had he his his issue was, you know, he's like some llamas are show llamas, and they're, they're like you know it from the second you lay your eyes on it that it's a show llama. Um, some some llamas are gonna be you know for you know breeding purposes and things like that. He's like, but no one's eating llama, right? He's like, we have you know like we love it, you know. He's like, we give it to our friends all the time or whatever, and so I'm like. 
I need a whole llama. <laughs> right? I, like, I need a whole llama. And so I get a whole llama uh, from him. We set this up. It took like a, a and you month or so. Did, had it been broken down yet? No, it's a hole. Like, it was still alive. Like, I mean, so you had to like skin everything? No, 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 no. He oh. said the skin. Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. yeah. I try to stay away from that stuff. Yeah. I had to skin a couple of gators, like, gators before. Oh, but yeah. Um, no, yeah, the... Yeah, the, the llama. I'm like, send that yeah, to I me. I struggle with a mammal. Man, yeah. like, I might have to get over that because like I can't keep on fake. I'm telling you, somebody gonna call me out on it. Like, this guy's a fraud. He, <laughs> he don't deserve to be cooking game. <laughs> they gonna call me out, man. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I gotta practice or something. I'm gonna tell you. But uh, so you get the llama. Yeah, so we get the llama, but. This was another disaster that just didn't work because the llama is way too lean and mm. the different muscles are way too different for you to be able to cook this in entirety, right? Um, and like you would do a lamb, you know. Um, I would literally have to be like injecting this thing probably throughout the process. That might work, but it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, not worth it. You know, like yeah, it wasn't worth it. Uh, so you know, some things don't work. Um, you know, but we've had a lot of a lot of things that that did work. You know, when even when Rob was down the street at um at uh Butcher and Lauder. Um, you know, I got a quarter of a bison, you know, this is like 300 pounds, Yeah, you know, and I'm like, Rob, I don't know what to do, what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> he like, bring it down, you know, and yeah. so I bring this, you know, this quarter of a bison down uh, to it, you know, he broke it all down, gave me, you know, trim and he gave me ground and gave me some steaks and all that stuff, you know, but that's, yeah, that's an art form in itself as well. Yeah. That's absolutely. the other misconception is that people think because we do so many whole animals that I'm a butcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I can, I can break down some meats and things like that, but like, that's a true art form. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, butchers, they, they, they butcher, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I'm a chef and I can cut some meat. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. All right, some gratuity round questions for you. Chef Jupe. What's your death row meal? Death row meal. Hmm. Not llama. No, not llama. <laughs> I would have I would have uh, a steak burrito. Um I would have fire chicken from Donson on Yeah, Donson's so good. <laughs> I gotta have that shit all the time. Yeah, but I would have that fire chicken from Donson. I would have. Wait, where's the steak burrito from? That's Great a tough question. one. All right, so right now I go and I go I go up and down like on this, and I eat a lot of burritos. Um, but right now my favorite burrito is uh, from Taco Max on Elston and uh, Irvin Park. Okay, that's a uh, great great so, pro tip. Uh, so yeah, so I would, uh, the burrito would have to be from Taco Max. Um, I would probably have a slice of cake from Aya Pastry. Mm-hmm. Um, preferably the 
she does this one with like pineapple and like vanilla bean or some shit like that. Like that one. Um, what else do I absolutely love to eat? Oh, um, <laughs> the scallop aburi from Sushi San would have to be on there. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll probably have to throw another sweet on there. I'm just blanking on a sweet because I do like desserts. Um, but yeah, I'm a sucker for Jenny's ice cream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your flavor? You know, I like the coffee with cream and sugar. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm not like eating ice cream when I do it like that. Mm-hmm. So I'll get a little extra scoop in there. Yeah. Um, but my daughter and I, my daughter loves Jenny's, right? So she rates the ice cream by the cone, right? And so. The cone is lacking, and it really doesn't matter how great the ice cream is because wow. the cone, you know, like it, it has heavier weight with her. Hmm. And so, yeah, so the cone is very important. And so the Jenny's cone, and Jenny does have a damn good cone. Yeah, they're like making them fresh, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like some kind of salt and like crack mixture that they put in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, you know, make sure you come back. The old salt uh, and crack yeah. mixture. And so uh, we went yesterday. And it had like four new flavors, hmm. and so one of the new flavors was uh, Boston cream pie, and um, like I know how she like I know like the type of stuff she likes, and so I'm like yo I'm like Adriana I'm like you should try that Boston cream pie, and she's like ah I don't think so, um, she was like I'm gonna do the cookies and cream because cookies and cream is one of the other feature flavors, and um, I was like all right cool whatever you want to do, but then I I I knew she was gonna like this ice cream right so I tell the lady I was like you know can I get a taste of the Boston cream pie, right? And so she's like, yeah, so you give me a taste. And I was like, let me get one more. And so I give it Adriana one, and she's like, mm, you know, so she tastes it. And she's like, mm. and, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, which one you want to get? She's like, I want that one. So, so, <laughs> but, like, we have these moments because we eat out, you know, we have these moments where, you know, like, she, uh, she like, learns, like, something goes off, like, yo, like, that was really good or yeah. whatever, you know. And um, and so and, and that brings me back to cooking. And, you know, and, you know, my wife bakes. And so, like, she's around food all the time as well. Uh, and so that, I think that just furthers develops people. You yeah. Know? Like, food, food can save the world if people really let it. Because, like, that's the only time people not not racist. <laughs> you know, like, they'll be eating that shit, like, and like, oh, yeah, I want the most authentic experience, right? Yeah. Like, when I'm dining, right? And then as soon as they leave, they be like, ah, oh, no, I don't like them people. But, like, yeah. you know, like, food to bring the world together, yeah. you know? Like, it's the, it, it's, it, the it's open conversation oh, when you're talking man. about food, right? Mm-hmm. And people yeah. are genuinely interested on, like, why you do something a certain way yeah. when it's over food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's about praying or about yeah, whatever right. else they're like oh no f- nope that don't work you know like yeah. but food everybody cool yeah mm-hmm. people went to different churches like they go to different restaurants yeah absolutely <laughs> hey, absolutely <laughs> all right uh what's your favorite old school restaurant oh uh, favorite old school restaurant mm, i know this where have i been Mm. I got it. That's good. Can we go? We got another yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Favorite fast food? Favorite fast food is Popeyes. What's the order? Three piece spicy tender, extra biscuit, Cajun rice, red beans and rice. 
that's the order. <laughs> uh, all right. What is your go-to cocktail order? Go-to cocktail is a rye old-fashioned. Okay. Got Boom. it. Perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Easy. Uh, what trivia category would you dominate? Um, probably football, NFL, sports. All right. What Are advice you... would you give a young jupe if you could go back in time? Um, a young jupe. Um, I think that don't listen to that woman's idea for the restaurant. Absolutely not. <laughs> and patience, you know, like, uh, you know, proper patience and proper moments. I think um, you will really go a long way. Yeah. And what's something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? Um, I think that, I mean, people say that like, it's a copycat world, um, you know, and, and in a lot of ways in our, in our industry it is, you know, but... Um, I think that people should really try to be genuine, you know, and, and unique with, um, you know, what they what they're doing, because, you know, somebody really is, um, you know. So I think that, you know, just, I don't know, be be yourself, you know, uh, and I think that it'll, it'll, it'll go a longer way for, for yeah. a lot of folks. Authenticity wins in a lot of Absolutely. Cases. Absolutely. Good point. All right. Old school restaurant. <laughs> yeah. You don't, yeah. Does it have to be here? No, no it could be, be anywhere. anywhere. Oh. It's a place. Uh, damn, blanking on this name of this damn place. Oh, never mind. The bar, McSorley's. Okay. McSorley's. Yeah. McSorley's is the only place that, uh, that made every trip's list. Oh, really? Right, like we would we'll be going there all the time or whatever, you know. And McSorley's is the only one that we went to every single time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, okay. love that. Yeah, well, that's a real piece of history up in there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the beer is horrible. <laughs> beer, you know? Yeah, no, the I, beer is absolutely horrible. My last trip to New York, Jim and I went, and it was like a bunch of tourists, and uh, we sat down. We had a bad beer, like yeah, warm beer, yeah, yeah. They're then, not cold. It's, and I mean, we walked back to our hotel, and that was it. Yeah, you have yeah. to go. Yeah. It's just this spot. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, yeah. Yep. Thanks so much for coming on the pod. It's been a blast. Oh, yeah, thank thanks you, for being man. here. I, we definitely got to do a part two. Yeah, let's do that. It's too much. Let's do that. All right, sweet man. Thanks. <laughs> All right. And that concludes our conversation with Chef Brian Jupiter of Pioneer Tavern Group. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and drop a review if you're so inclined, as long as it's positive. <laughs> you can also check us out on Instagram at Joiners Pod for exclusive cocktails from our own Danny Shapiro, as well as throwback photos of each guest. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. Negative yes. reviews will be deleted. <laughs> and responded to. Yeah, and responded appropriately. To. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.